Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, ideas can change the world. As many of you know, I have leveraged a lot of the intelligence that the Gallup organization has uh, acquired on what could be the biggest um, concern of most leaders of organizations around the world. And that is the uh, increasing amount of people that say they're disengaged from their work. And if you count engagement as one of the major tools we have as leaders to get people aligned with your mission and vision and, and actually have them believe that part of their personal value proposition is being aligned with that vision and mission, that can have dramatic impact on productivity, mental, uh, mental care, health, so many cascading impacts of a disengaged person in the, in the workplace. Um, I have had a, a, not only a Gallup executive on The Great Conversation, but I've had, of course, industry leaders as well. Um, and uh, two of them have been very active on this uh, at the urging of their CEO. So I really am looking forward to reintroducing uh, Stan Partlow, who is the former CSO of one of the largest utilities in the country. And San Kino, his, uh, air, his heir, if you will, at AEP, who's in charge of digital uh, security, uh, digital ID, sorry, di digital identity and physical security at AEP, and have them back on the broadcast to focus in specifically on what their experience has been. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome back to The Great Conversation. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. I'm really looking forward to it. Let, let's start at the very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. How did this come up uh, at AEP? We had a, a change of leadership at AEP. CEO retired. New CEO uh, was chosen. And uh, Nick Akins, our new CEO, uh, was from the inside. So he knew the ins and outs of the company. He had been with the company for many, many years. And, and I'm certain that he had some ideas on what he wanted his mission and vision and values to look like as he put his imprint on the company. One of the things that he recognized really clearly at the end of the former CEO's tenure in the beginning of his was that the marketplace had changed drastically. AEP was at one point the largest coal burn, burning utility company in the United States. And certainly that um, that position in the market was not one that we could really sustain over time. Uh, lots of people were calling for significant reductions in greenhouse gas. If you're burning coal, uh, even with all of the technology that we put into our generating facilities, you're still putting greenhouse gas in the air, in the atmosphere. So we were looking for ways to try to become a different company. How could we shift into renewables? How could we gain a foothold in wind and solar? Uh, we already had hydro, we already had nuclear, uh, but what other options were out there for us? There was also some other changes in the marketplace around deregulation. Some of the states that we operate, the company operates in 11 states. The, some of the, the states were changing the way that they looked at the business. And instead of having a vertically integrated monopoly, all of a sudden there was competition. 
again, that changed the drastically the way the company operated. And so Nick brought on the Gallup organization to really take the pulse of the company and determine what issues were out there relative to the way we were leading the company at the time. Because I think when, when you listen to him talk, particularly back then, he would say, the leadership style that we have today is not going to allow us to move the company the direction we want to move it. So it was interesting. We undertook this, this uh, process to allow the entire company from um, every single employee, there are about 18,000 employees to take the Gallup survey. And we got a really, really high return rate. I won't quote the number, but it was uh, even Gallup admitted it was unusually high. Um, so we were excited by that. That meant people wanted to tell their story. And there's a question on that survey that goes something like this. I have a best friend at work. And then you rate that with a Likert scale, one to five, you know, agree, disagree. And that kind of becomes a polarizing question for a lot of people. And we initially saw our scores pretty low on that question. And when you do some research on the survey, and I'm sure, um, you know, folks that have, have used the tool or studied this tool recognize that there, there seems to be a correlation between a positive outcome on that question and the overall health of the culture of the company. So when I looked at that for my business unit, which included physical security, cybersecurity, and our aviation group, I really wanted to figure out a way with my leadership team to move that score forward. So one of the first things that we did was we surveyed our employee base. I think I had about 160 employees at the time. And we, we asked them, what does it mean to, to be a best friend? Because as we listened to people talk about the question, what we heard were things like, well, no, I don't have a best friend at work. My best friend is my spouse. My best friend is my college roommate. My best friend is my old high school buddy. My best friend was the person that sat next to me in basic training in the military. Those were the, the kind of, and, and there seemed to be this idea that you could only have one best friend. And it was interesting when you listen to the way the question is worded, it says, I have a best friend at work, not the best friend at work. So there's room, uh, in at least I think in my mind, to have more than one best friend. So we started asking people what it meant. And we created this word cloud and we found these attributes like, you know, trust and someone that makes me laugh, someone that, um, you know, I can, uh, that will listen to me. And there were a whole lot of different words that people use to describe that. We created a word cloud. We shipped it back out through a communication tool that we developed internally in our group and said, well, does anybody look like this at work? And then people started saying, yeah, I, I do have people at work that, that do that. Well, we're, we're continually looking for, re for ways to uh, improve our score on this question. And Sam was part of my leadership team. And one day we're sitting in our staff meeting and I was talking about this question. And I'm sure my team was like, Stan, you got to get off this. We're sick of hearing about best friends. And Sam said, I have an idea. Why don't we launch an effort called Best Friend Friday? And I said, OK, I'm game. What do we do? What does it look like? And so he really became the catalyst for something that now is five years old and has transcended AEP and gone even outside the company where he's inviting people into his group, into his video chats. So I'll turn it over to Sam and let Sam describe to you sort of that aha moment that he had when he decided that this was a, 
an opportunity and then what he's done with it over the last five years. Sam, uh, first of all, Stan, thank you. What a, what a great prep and Sam, I'm excited to hear the journey since you initiated that five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Stan is absolutely right. We were, I was at another staff meeting and, and he brought it up. We were going to lose our mind because, you know, a lot of people just kind of threw that question off. We'll never get there. You know, why put effort in there? Let's focus on everything else. So, you know, originally before Best Friend Friday, I tried some funny things like I literally assigned people best friends. So people that work for me, I said, you're you're his best friend. She's your best friend. Get together. Be best friends because I'm done listening to this. Um, and then we also did this thing. And, and they're actually ugly dolls. If you want to look them up, their name are Bobo and Wage. Um, from the ugly dolls and they are actually best friends so I bought a bunch sent them to a bunch of people and said here's your best friend um go out and take a picture of you with them um and you know on vacation or whatever it was like that flat Stanley thing um and it worked it was fun to do that but the best friend Friday thing so basically it just started off me with somebody in our department and I would kind of videotape me and her me and the person talking and basically ask that question tell me what you know having a best friend at work means to you and they would just kind of do that and i would do it every friday and the reason i picked friday was bff which used to be you know best friends forever well, i flipped it and it's best friend friday so what i wanted to do is every friday to put out a video and it was literally to the security organization so what i started doing is is you know just meeting people in the security organization that and i would basically record a, a minute and a half, two minute video. Tell me what best friends mean to you. Um, once in a while, throw on a costume because I got a thing with being a character. Um, and what we did see that first year is, you know, we went back to the leadership, Stan's leadership team. And, you know, like Stan said, well, I want to do some best friends. So we we're like, great. Um, so I'm not the only one doing it. So Stan did a bunch with people in his organization. Then all the other directors did some but everyone would do something on a Friday and we would just put it out to the security team to try to get that score. It's like, yeah, everybody is kind of saying what, you know, almost the same things. What, what does best friends mean to them? What, what happened in season one, I'll call it season one now because I'm on season five, but what happened is the team started wanting to participate. So it became a competition. They were putting out team videos, what it meant to them to be best friends and they were getting very elaborate, you know, with music and other things. And we just had a bunch of fun um, in there. Um, and we did that for that whole year. And at the end of the year that, you know, at AEP, we, they would score us again. And yes, our needle went up. So we were like, yeah, I think we're good. We're done. Stan formed a culture committee for his whole organization. Um, and one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to take that on. So, really season two um they were just going out and doing that they brought some people from other departments and and they were just asking that same question over and over but we kept it in security we were just trying to keep our score you know going and we we did about you know half a year worth of of videos but the the the, the true spirit came came alive hey, hey ryan if i could jump in there sam made a comment that i want to i want to add a comment to and he's absolutely right. You know, when we got that Gallup survey back and we saw our scores go up pretty dramatically that first year, everybody at the table was like, oh, this is great. We got there. We're done. And of course, me being me, I said, no, we're not done. 
that's where relentless effort comes from, right? I told them, I said, we have to keep pushing on this topic because the minute that we stop talking about it, the minute that we stop thinking about it, I will guarantee you that the score will start to fall again. And I said, we've got it where we want it. We, we, you know, we certainly could improve upon it, but even if we just kept it at the same, it was a great score and it was one of the top scores in the company. So I said, we have a lot to be proud of, but let's not give up. And so I made Sam's life a heck of a lot more complicated because I kept challenging him to keep it moving instead of saying, okay, we got there, we're one and done, and now we can quit. Right. So I'll turn it back over to him to tell you what he did to keep the thing alive and keep it changing and evolving over the last you know, five years from that first couple of years. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, so that brings us to year three after Stan's, Stan's little challenge. So I said, all right, I'm going to take this back over. And what I wanted to do now is we've had success in it. Let me start spreading it to the other, to the rest of the company. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I know I'm going to feature people that are not in security because they already really understand the question, but we were a big organization. So I started featuring people from outside of the security department. So I would go to different business units. I find friends there and I would record, you know, the message with them, um, and try to get them so they could use that for their departments because we were looking for to do that. So that was in 2020 um, when I started season three. And I started that January, February, I brought it back. And I, as I was doing it, I would spread that message. I would send it out on a Friday to groups of people that I had email addresses for groups in different departments um, so they could start seeing it because the whole company did not know that we were doing this. It was only people that knew security. So I, I kept tagging people um, that they were naming as best friends. A lot of them would name a best friend in that video and I would tag them in their department. Um, and then come March, 2020, you all know what happens. The pandemic hit. So everybody went home, except for me. I was stuck in the office. Um, thankfully I was in the office because you know physical security should be in the building. So I'm in there and I'm literally sitting there going, all my best friends went home. I don't have anybody to do this. So, so instead of just, I'm like, it's basically an end. And then somebody, um, his name is Frank Ganache. He, he retired now. He, he said to me, he's like, Hey, why don't you just do it virtual? And I'm like, no, I'm done. That's all I do is have meetings virtually. I don't want it. He's like, no, just record them, you know, on a screen and you can do that. And I'm like, is that going to work? So I grabbed my little iPad, propped it up on a stand and season three was me featuring best friends and me going through that whole process of doing the same thing, but it was on an iPad and it got a little fun because now we got to see people sheltered at home. They couldn't get out. The hair was growing longer and I had the, the lay of the land in the 31 story building. So I was popping in people's offices that weren't there. I'm on different floors. So I was trying to have fun with it. So it, it started really catching on towards the end as our group listed. And I was finally awarded at the end of uh, season four. And I had some big players on. I mean, I've had the CEO on. I've had the chief financial officer on. I had, I had most of the C-suite on. I had OPCO presidents as well as, you know, the, the everyday employees. So I would, a lot of people were catching on to this. And it's not just asking the question and we're done. We had fun with it. We tried to joke. We had some flash. Well, the company decided to give me a blog internally. They gave me um, a website to publish these videos. They gave me access to their 
you know, AEP TV is what we call it, where I can put these videos online. So my audience grew from the email addresses. And by the way, I would just send them an email and, and it would basically, they couldn't get any more emails because the attachments were so large. So that was like, Hey, we got to get you another platform. And then, so we did that throughout the, throughout season three. And then, um, you know, we ended the year with my CEO playing drums from home. Um, and then season four, I was upgraded my monitor and some technology and um, off we went. And it was the same format. It was, it was all that. I, I was wearing a lot more costumes and I had a different best friend t-shirt every week. Um, I have like 55 in my closet now that I can't get rid of. And uh, so that was kind of how season four went more upgrade on the technology side. Um, but mostly all virtual, a lot of different players. Um, I have a little mascot. We call him Sammy bear that wears a hoodie. We give those out to people. And then we've done that for four years now. And, and now I'm in season five and we decided to flip the script because our HR senior vice president of HR challenged me at, at, on the Thanksgiving edition. He said, why don't we start asking people, you know, what does it mean to have a best friend at work, but what are you doing to be a best friend to somebody? So that's the question I lead in with season five. Um, and we kicked it off a couple of weeks ago in January last month. And uh, we're in full gauge. And like Stan mentioned, I've gotten a following from outside of AEP of people wanting to be on. So I've thrown them on. I want to know what other companies that we may be tied with of what are you doing um, to be a you know best friend to somebody at work or what does best friend mean to you? And they get to give a Sammy Bear out and um, we're having a lot of fun with it. Well, first of all, gentlemen, um, this is so exciting. I just love the ingenuity, the creativity and all this. I uh, want to tie it back to two things here as we get to the end of our conversation, because this was one question in a Gallup survey meant to really get a pulse of how AP, AEP's culture was engaged with the mission and vision. So one question that you launch this program against. But Stan, you did say Gallup thought there was a correlation between the answer to that question and the overall positive culture of a company. Have you seen that correlation as a result of this? Absolutely, Ron. So let me make sure that I say this, that that was not the only question that we worked on. Uh, my leadership team is phenomenal or when I was there and they still are. Uh, we looked at every question um, and we had really great statistics that Gallup provided to us. Uh, we had the library that they, we could compare ourselves to other companies. And so we looked at every question. But it seemed like that this one question was one of those really interesting dynamics that people really struggled with. Um, and so, you know, we, we worked on projects to improve our scores across the board. And we did that. Um, year over year um, to the point where, you know, we were one of the leaders in the company um, several years in a row in our overall culture score. And I think Sam hit the nail on the head. A lot of, I, this is my impression, Gallup may, may disagree with this, but I think a lot of companies quit on this question because it is hard, especially when you get that first impression from people when they go, no, my best friend is not at work. I'm going to give that a two or a three or whatever, however that rating scale works. And they're done. And they go, just as Sam described, 
my leadership team pushed back on me and said, boss, why are we spending so much effort on this when there are other things that we could do? And I just am stubborn and I wasn't willing to give up on it. And I kept thinking to myself, if we change the culture enough that people actually talk about this, then we're talking about a whole lot of other stuff at the same time. And as Sam said, it was fun. People laughed about it. People loved it. They, there were a few times where his videos were late and you would have thought that the world had come to an end. Like, where's the Best Friend Friday video? I mean, literally, he captured this audience of people inside the organization and in the greater company that they were waiting every Friday religiously to see this and, and laugh and have a good time. And as he said... Honestly, the timing of this could not have been better because it really allowed us to think about relationships and culture at work during the pandemic. So we were very blessed that we had started all the hard work ahead of time. And Sam really had this thing up and going. And then, like he said, the initial reaction is when, you know, March of 2020 hits, we're like, oh, well, we're done with that. And I said, no, we need to push it even harder now. Because now we have people that are dispersed and they're worried and they're, you know, they don't know what's going to happen in the world. They don't know what's going to happen with their jobs. They need to rely on each other and they need to draw on those best friends. So in typical Sam fashion, he hit it out of the park. He kept the pressure on it. He figured out the technology with Frank's help, figured out a way to get it done. And we kept moving. So that was a long winded answer. But I believe in my heart that we saw a definite positive impact in the overall culture score, certainly, but our overall culture, because we now had this issue that we could talk about and we could all kind of come to a common understanding on the fact that we had people at work that we really could rely on, we could trust, we enjoyed being around. And really, at the end of the day, that makes a great workplace. I, uh, I had a, a great conversation the other day with a organizational guru who said, think of an organization like a human body. You would never call out a hand on its own. The hand works with other pieces of the body, the brain and so forth. And what strikes me is in that two things, one from a risk resilience and security standpoint, what a great Sam, what a great door opener for you to bridge relationships across the operation that would help you in your, your, your job. Security is no longer siloed when you have a door opener like that. Is, is that true? Did that help you? Yeah, it, it sees it, it showed me in a different light, people that didn't really get to know me. But yeah, security to drive this. And what it's done is the byproduct is people got to see like folks like in our C-suite. And, and presidents and vice presidents in a different light because of how they reacted on there. But you're absolutely, I mean, to actually, you know, to see that um, change, it definitely helped that security is leading this. And this goofy guy, you know, Sam is, is the one that's doing it. It, it just definitely, uh, it definitely has helped when I have to go out and either, you know, meet somebody. There's more people in this company that know me than I know them. Um, and it definitely helps to 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 pull our mission of security further in the organization. Well, not and Ron, I got to tell you, we got great support from the C-suite. Um, our CEO, Nick Akins, is a very accomplished drummer. He sits on the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's, he's very, very accomplished. Sam was able to 
do best friend videos with him at home in his home studio while he's playing the drums. People absolutely ate it up. And one of the funniest things that he did several times was he uh, filmed from Nick's office uh, up on the, the 30th floor in our corporate headquarters. And there was always sort of the running joke, like, well, Sam, how are you in the boss's office? And he goes, I'm in security. I can be anywhere I want to be. So we had so much fun with that in our C-suite, our COO, our CFO, all of those folks, they, they enjoyed it, I think, as much as we did. And they supported it. Um, and they were not afraid to get on there and laugh a little bit and talk about, you know, best friends that they had and their experience working with the company and some of the challenges that we had, particularly after COVID hit. Um, you know, they all, all of them, as I remember, talked about the fact that we kind of had to retool the way we thought about best friends because we don't see each other in the coffee shop anymore. Well, I, uh, I just think this is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. One, security the the head pin, if you will, the the tip of the spear in a cultural shift inside a company, that's unheard of. That is incredible. And then turning this negative, this thing that Gallup knew would be provocative. It's a question that came up over and over again that people just ignored. And you turned it into the essential question for everybody, whether you're just a human being or you're part of an organization of people. And that is, what are we doing to care for one another? Oh my gosh, that's the ultimate truth of a relationship, right? What are we doing to care for one another and live in each other's shoes? So you gentlemen are groundbreakers here. And and I and and Sam and Stan, is this is the word getting out? Is Gallup using this as one of the key success stories and learnings they have uh, for their organization? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Gallup's using it. And I know Stan has had conversations prior with them, but just so I want to make everybody aware before you end, Ron, is these videos are on LinkedIn. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, you can see them. That's how I'm getting people outside. I really want to spread the word, not just at AEP, but honestly, if if the world, all everybody in the world had best friends, we wouldn't have some of the issues that we're having now. And right. you know, if I can just turn one person to to figure out that they have a best friend. Perfect. So follow me on LinkedIn. You'll see the videos. I may have you on. Ron, I'm definitely going to ask you to be on a Best Friend Friday this year. So looking forward to that, sir. Well, and again, I, I, I'm a corporate strategist, so I do a lot of research on a lot of different topics. Um, and I will tell you, I'm seeing an anecdotal trend line. I can't give you research to back it up, but it's anecdotal trend line where I'm seeing the manifestation of a new sensitivity to relationships and kindness. Uh, you know Tim Wenzel at Facebook? Yep. He started the kindness games. Yep. He and Lee Otten, right? Uh, wonderful and organization. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but I'm seeing this across the board, like the guru uh, that I interviewed from Europe, who is talking about the pinpoint of corporate performance starts with relationships and looking at the company, not as a machine, but as a person. And so I just want to hand it to both of you. This is, and Stan, thank you so much for following up because he was your biggest advocate, Mr. Quino. He was your biggest advocate. He goes, we got to get Sam on and talk about what, what happened over the last five years. So thank you both gentlemen. You're going to be an inspiration to not only your peers, but uh, people from all over the world. Well, thanks, Ron. And uh, kudos to you as well for uh, sponsoring the great conversation. I think this is an opportunity for us to share 
leadership ideas and learnings that we've had. And, and it's funny, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tread a little bit on your brand, but I will tell you that over the last five years, best friend Fridays has become the great conversation at AEP. And I mean that in, in, in every way I can to compliment what you're doing. Um, but it became one of those rallying cries for our organization that even when things were not going well, we could say, you know what? We still have best friends. We still have best friends. We have people that we care about and we're going to do our best to take care of them. And again, and, and one of the things that Sam is the very best at of anyone that I've ever worked with, he knows how to have fun and he made it fun. And everybody that watched them laughed. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially in the world we live in today. Uh, laughter can be a, a, a healing bomb uh, that's worth its weight in gold. So uh, my hat's off to Sam and his leadership. And he's continued to do that at AEP. And I'm very proud of him and the entire team there that is continuing on with the good work. Well, Stan, I, I, I'm just going to let Sam know I'm not doing BFF. I'm not doing BFF unless I get a Sammy, Sam. <laughs> You'll get a Sammy Bear and a new Best Friend Friday t-shirt. We just branded it, and now I'll get your both out to you, sir, but you got a bear coming. You got it. Uh, I'm going to be seeing Sam here in a few weeks at the Protective Intelligence Summit. I can't wait to hear him talk also about the convergence of physical and cybersecurity. Uh, if you get a chance to catch him in Austin in February 21st, 22nd, 23rd, please do so. Gentlemen, this has been a great conversation.